0: Zach Blackerby, Lindsey Crosby here with you. We are joined now by America's District Attorney, Jessica Ventieri. How are you?
1: I'm good. My jurisdiction's only Lee County, just to be clear.
0: Just, uh, she's just
2: being modest. But you are <laughs> beloved by, by Americans the country over.
1: Well, I'm not so sure about that. I was a little worried because it was so foggy. It was very spooky on the way to work today. Spooky! <laughs> <laughs> okay, He's now so that that's over. <laughs>
0: We teach <laughs> folks listening. Was that, was that worth it to you, Lindsay? Was yes.
2: that worth it? Yes. It's okay. a really good spook. Like, I can't do that. It's really good when you do your spooky. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, what are we talking about today?
1: So today we're going to talk about violence against law enforcement.
2: I see you have color charts.
1: I always have color charts. Yes. I
2: love color charts. That's a good-looking chart over
0: right? Me, too. I right. mean, it's like a full, just like one sheet of, like, information. Th- thick stack of papers. A lot of thick stats over there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I like stats. I like fun facts. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay,
0: cool. Let's jump into it.
1: All right. So, of course, I like to always kind of clarify what exactly the parameters are that I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I, when I'm talking about violence against law enforcement or um, law enforcement that is killed in the line of duty, I'm talking about only that that's done based on the criminal actions of another person. So in other words, if the law enforcement officer is killed in the line of duty because of an accident or you know they had a heart attack, um, that's not the numbers that I'm talking about. No. So I'm talking about only the things that are based on criminal actions of another person. Okay. Um, because right now... COVID is like the leading killer of law enforcement at the moment, but that is a disease. It's not the criminal action of another person. So that's why I wanted to be clear about that. That we know of. Okay, I'm not getting into that. (laughs) 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 I'll leave that up to you guys to talk about after I'm gone. Deal. Uh, But anyway, so just this year, so I was, of course, I'm looking at the FBI database because they keep stats on absolutely everything crime related. And the last numbers that they ran ended uh, September 30th, so they haven't done October's numbers. But we've already seen a 46% increase in law enforcement officers that are killed in the line of duty just this year.
2: Now, is that an increase over
1: 2020
2: or just an increase over, like, recent hist- like trends for the last couple of years?
1: That is a 46% increase from 2020. Okay. So we are already – surpassing 2020 numbers. Now, I did go back to, like, 2017, and there's been a steady incline of violence against law enforcement officers uh, just ongoing since that time. Okay.
2: So, like, even if we, like, discount the fact that a lot of people weren't out and about as much to have interactions with law enforcement, it's still higher than it has been in the past historically.
1: Absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
2: So, like, once you work out the outliers for 2020 being a weird year, it's still... A bigger problem than it was okay, right cool. and
1: and some people not cool but well understood right some people credit the shutdown and the um, quarantining and all of that actually towards an uptick in violence in general and against law enforcement so while it was a weird year for businesses for mm-hmm. law enforcement it was as busy as ever
2: yeah like they're still out there doing I mean they're still stopping people they're still responding exactly. to to incidents and I actually had it's anecdotal, but I'd heard there's a lot more, uh, you know, like a higher uptick in things like domestic violence and things like that when everybody's stuck at home and can't can't go anywhere else.
1: Absolutely. And we've seen that, I've seen that, in, you know, within our own community, um, an increase in domestic violence and an increase in really kind of, um, I hate to use the word violent because it's already in there, but an increase in just the degree of violence that are in these domestic situations mm-hmm. And this is off topic. But I also think that what we will see because of the quarantine, we will see in the future that once things can get as more back to normal as possible, we will see an increase in reported child abuse cases, um, I think, because of that, too, because children are at home more. And once they start getting back out in the public, I think we're going to see a, a huge increase in that, too.
0: Sure. We're joined this morning by America's District Attorney, <laughs> Jessica Venturi. We will continue our conversation next. Zach Blackerby, Lindsey Crosby here with you. We are joined by Lee County District Attorney Jessica Venturi. We're talking about crime against law enforcement. And so last segment, you kind of gave some numbers. It's been increasing for the last several years. Why do you think that is?
1: I think in part, violence itself is increasing. I mean, when you look at violent crime nationwide and, and even within our area, the Incidents of violence are increasing, and, of course, law enforcement responds to those incidents, Mm -hmm. and I think that that sometimes is a natural result. However, let me point this out. Uh, According to the FBI, they've actually had to kind of carve out this one little circumstance when it deals with crimes against law enforcement. The leading circumstance for officers being harmed or killed in the line of duty is based on ambush or completely unprovoked um, confrontation with people. Um, and that is one of those disturbing trends that has grown a lot since, you know, any kind of record keeping was done.
2: So it's like, there's a, you know, the cops get a noise complaint and they show up to an apartment complex and somebody just like opens fire or something on them, like like a random. They didn't they didn't they didn't interact with the person until that happened.
1: Well, and they're actually so the FBI doesn't even consider that to be an ambush or unprovoked. If it's a, a call out and law enforcement goes to that call and they're harmed as a result, they have there's certain designations. So they define ambush as intentionally luring an officer to a place with the intent of killing them. Oh, wow. Um, And this year we've had six officers killed nationwide. I'm not talking about in, in Lee County or Alabama, but six officers nationwide that are killed in an ambush. So someone has intentionally lured them to a certain place for the purpose of killing them. And Unprovoked is one of those where they don't plan it, but they see maybe we've seen this happen in our country too. Law enforcement officers are sitting in a patrol car, and somebody just walks up and takes advantage of, of them being there and, and shoots them in their car. So there's actually no police contact whatsoever. They're literally just killed because they're officers and it's a spur of the moment thing.
0: That's terrible. Yep. That's terrible. How is the how is the case built um, in, in this situation versus just a standard murder?
1: Well, if a law enforc- in Alabama, if a law enforcement officer is killed in the line of duty, it is a capital offense. Um, and capital murder is the absolute highest offense that you can commit in the state of Alabama. It is. Uh, it only has two punishments, which is, if you're an adult, um, which is death or life without parole. So as with any capital case, those cases really require a lot of um, investigation, a lot of case building, and a lot of attention to detail. But also when you're dealing with a crime against a law enforcement officer, you also want to make sure that it's kind of a two-fold investigation. Number one, you're investigating it for any criminal charge, but also you're investigating it from an administrative point to make sure that all the I's were dotted, all the T's were crossed, and that the law enforcement officer was following all of the training and, and education that that person has had to have.
2: Yeah, like like what policies, you know, like, did they follow all the policies we have as far as, you know, calling for backup or, or de-escalation or all, that, all that kind of stuff so that we can make sure that where we have everything in place to not let this happen to someone else.
1: Correct. Right. Yeah, because yeah. you really, I mean, a lot of this is data-driven. I mean, we have body armor now, and and when you look at the mortal wounds that are caused to law enforcement, the majority overwhelming are to those areas of the body that are not covered by body armor. Right. Um And, you know, law enforcement has, I was uh, at some place where Chief Healy was doing a, a talk, and he was talking about, you know, A profession where they have to be on 100% of the time. I mean, Mm. law enforcement can't have a bad day. If they slip up, somebody gets hurt. Sometimes it's themselves. But at the same time, they have to be not intimidating. So, you know, we don't want them all bulky with tons of armor and that sort of stuff. So, you know, we we have to try to walk that line. Delicate balance there. It is a delicate balance. So, but most of the time, these officers are, are mortally wounded based on places that aren't covered by kevlar or you know bulletproof vests
2: some of the common like assumptions that i've heard from a lot of people are that traffic stops are like inherently dangerous as far as the potential for injury or death to a police officer is that something that the stats kind of bear that out or is that
1: they do i think uh, traffic stops and domestic violence calls are are two of the leading um incidences where you might see a law enforcement get a uh, law enforcement officer get hurt And I think, too, that one of the things that the data doesn't include Mm -hmm. are the misses. I mean, the law enforcement officers that aren't shot because their training goes in and they save their own lives. We had a case in Lee County several years ago. A Lee County deputy pulled up. Again, it was a domestic call. He pulled up. The guy gets out of the house, and he immediately opens fire. Immediately. No warning whatsoever. The deputy, just training alone, kicked in. He rolled out of the car. A piece of evidence that we used in trial was that a bullet had gone straight through the driver's headrest just where that deputy had been sitting just seconds before. Um, and so that's not included in this data because yeah. that officer wasn't hurt. But, I mean, how can we not acknowledge all of he those near He would have misses? died if it wasn't for absolutely. For that. Absolutely. So, so,
2: so that's possibly like a, a gap in the data as far as if we're trying to figure out the full extent of this issue. That's just not something that we have Full access of.
1: Right. And I'm pretty sure that maybe somebody keeps track of that, but it would be really hard to um, collect that data. I mean, and when you want to talk about increases, I mean, even in Lee County, just while I can't talk about specifics, I think it's all been reported. I mean, Mm -hmm. just this year alone, I think we've had three or four incidences of law enforcement being fired at um, in our county. Uh, and then don't even get me started about Columbus. I mean, it, what's going on over there? So it, it's a lot.
0: But it's it, it's it's happening more everywhere, though. It's not just a here thing.
1: It is, but you know that is, it is true. However, I will say that you know one of the things that FBI does is they also break down the stats based on different parts of the country, mm-hmm. and the South has more than double the amount of law enforcement killed in the line of duty than any other place in the country. So in the South, it's a pretty wide. You know, it's as you would consider to be the South, Maryland all the way to Texas, including Oklahoma, which Oklahoma is leading the country right now in the number of officers killed in the line of duty.
2: I don't think Oklahoma should be part of the South. I'll I know let, they want to join the the SEC, but, like, for some reason, it just doesn't really feel like it fits culturally. Not my that. pay
1: grade. Not my pay grade. I
2: get that. Though. Maryland, same thing. <laughs> like, I don't feel like Maryland's the South. I know there's a Mason-Dixon line and all that, but, like, come on. Do, you, do people consider Maryland the South, though? Do you, you consider Baltimore to be a Southern city? No. Like, but... In the stats, they group this in there.
1: Apparently the FBI would disagree with you. <laughs>
0: well, FBI's wrong. It's
1: fine. I'll let you check that out with him as okay. well. I'm yeah, sure yeah. they're listening. I'm, yeah. sure they, I'm sure they love
0: that. All right. We're joined this morning by Lee County District Attorney Jessica Ventieri. We continue our conversation next. Final few minutes of this hour of Auburn Opelika this morning. Zach Blackerby, Lindsey Crosby. We are joined by America's favorite district attorney, Lee County District Attorney Jessica Ventieri. Dare say America's greatest
1: district attorney. Okay, now we're really wait, wait, wait. Uh, Currently
0: yeah. or all time? I'm confused which one. Uh, I think it can be both in this case.
2: Now or forever? Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty I'm sure following. you have I'm- some
1: current listeners who would disagree with you. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, your office has been working with local law enforcement on some pretty cool stuff.
1: Yes. So, dealing with the issue of officer-involved shootings, which can be times where officers are shot or where they actually have to engage, in and this has been in the
2: news a lot in, in the last year and a half.
1: Correct. Yeah. In the shootings, uh, we have been the DA's office has been working with law enforcement since January to try to come up with a comprehensive officer-involved shooting protocol or or set of guidelines that all of our law enforcement agencies agree to work under. The goal of this is to kind of set out the parameters of when these events happen, how we're going to handle it, how we're going to respond. And then we would share that with community leaders, with religious leaders, to try to make sure that the community is well aware before this happens what we're doing, how we're doing it, and the reasons behind what we're doing before emotions get really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to, you know, set that out, that level heads have made this guideline it's not an easy process. Like I said, we've been working on this since January. We've gone through a couple of drafts, and and we're still working through, you know, some of the, the wrinkles.
2: It's definitely good to see, like, a proactive thing of, like, hey, you know, we've seen this whole situation. And like you alluded to, like, emotions get high. We've mm-hmm. seen this go badly in other places. And, you know, this doesn't come up as much here, but we need to go ahead and have a plan that everybody's aware of so that when something happens, you don't have to, you know, like – Have a protest or, you know, do something to ask for, say, the release of the footage because, you know, in the protocol, this is when it's going to happen.
1: Right. And we want to make sure that the community is aware about the restrictions that the law places on us, that Mm -hmm. the restrictions that, you know, certain rules of conduct place on attorneys as to what we can discuss and what we can't discuss in the public. Right. And all of that is meant to. Be a, a movement towards transparency about these situations, so that everybody is on the same page when this event occurs. And I say when, and not if, mm-hmm. because it—we've already seen it will happen, um, and we just all need to know that. And it's hard; people don't think in our community that that we would have something horrible like that happen. But it takes us a, a fraction of a second, and then we're in the same situation as other cities in the in the country.
0: Sure, absolutely. Zara um, is, is there a kind of a, a goal to get all this kind of out there by a date
1: so you know one thing law enforcement we all want to be on the same page when we present this to our community leaders and our religious leaders um, and like I said we, we've gotten through some some good drafts and we're kind of towards the finish line on that um, so I don't really have we don't it's certainly nothing we want to rush into we want to make sure that we are all on the same page but I feel like we're getting pretty close at least to have that that first, really solid effort at it, so I'm pretty excited about it. I think that um, our community will appreciate it
0: absolutely we uh we got you for about another two minutes or so mm-hmm. what um we we've got a big question for you very
2: important hard hitting journalism that we do here. We're known for on news w a and I
0: Halloween's here It's upon us fact favorite Halloween candy
1: okay, favorite all right number one. Well, first of all, this is a duel. You know, I'm an attorney, so I've got to make it complicated. All sure, right. All fine. right. First of all, I have two. All okay. right? I do love a Reese's Cup. And it is Reese's Cup, not Reese's Cup. I would like to make that clear right this second. It, belo- <laughs> it
2: belongs to Reese. It is a Reese's Cup.
1: Correct. Right. Correct. It's not Reese's Pieces. It's mm-hmm. Reese's Pieces, so therefore it's Reese's Cup. Anyway, yeah. that's a debate for another day. Number two. Not a debate. You're right. Twizzlers. Don't give me that face. No, Twizzlers, that's, no. that's
2: gross. No. Twizzlers no, are no, no, fantastic. No, 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 no. I love Twizzlers, and I just can't have them because I'm celiac.
1: Oh, see?
2: It's like sugar and wheat flour. Twizzlers are better. If you
0: are a, a Red Vines over Twizzlers, you're a heathen.
1: It's like White Castle over Crystal. No thanks.
0: Thank you so much for your time, <laughs> as always. We really appreciate it. We uh, look forward to chatting with you next month.
1: Yeah, I look forward to it.
0: Awesome. We're at 10 minutes away from a Finance Friday, Lindsay. What are we talking about?
2: talking about uh, getting these college kids paid. Specifically the athletes.
0: Okay. All right. Stay tuned for that and more coming up in our final hour of the week here on Auburn Opal this morning.